the dumbest, most sensitive, insecure fan base on the planet. Wow. I don't know how Lincoln broke that. I guess, I guess when you think you uh, you are a, I get why he left. I guess when you think you're a true blue blood and you still are that, and they are a blue blood, but you think you're at the very very top of the sport, and then it turns out you were just a stepping stone to somebody else. That would hurt your feelings, and that's what you are. You're a stepping stone university. Somebody stepped in the middle of the country and jumped to the West Coast where he really wanted to be. He's going to win championships now, and you're stuck with Dabo Part Two. Didn't she say that exact phrase to you years ago? Yeah, F-bomb and all, actually, yeah. (laughs) I was trying to see if there were any differences, but no, the F-bomb was in there. That strong tone was in there, yeah, 10 years ago at a bar somewhere in Dallas. But I, before the (laughs) OU A&M Cotton Bowl, the same words were uttered towards me, yeah. Uh, Brought back a lot of memories, I tell you. That's just that is a true brilliant. story, by the way, to all of you out there. That did that did happen. Is that is that an old clip? No, that was uh, that was from their episode today. They have like a hate week, and they were going towards random teams like NC State, and they you know say something very mean about each school. So that was right. what they had to say about OU. Nice Dabo Part Two. What do you think about that Dabo Two I mean, that's, if Brent right. wins two national championships, I'm cool with it. All right, not not too bad. If if Brent wants to go up there and say, "We got to go 37 and 0 to get any <laughs> to get any credit," I mean, come on, then I'll deal with that if it means two natties. You think he'll his voice is slowly going to start now that he's a head coach? I think the more that he wins, Dabo? yeah, the higher his his voice is going to get. Uh, uh, well, welcome back. Yeah. Man, how about that? Yeah, it was a uh, long weekend with a wife. It's funny. It was um, it was meant to be like a one-year anniversary getaway slash kind of recharge before the grind of uh, football season. Right. And the entire trip ended up being about sports. We go, <laughs> we go to Coors Field on Friday night for a Rockies game, which got, if, if you haven't been to Coors Field before, it's amazing. Uh, Saturday, we go to Mile High for the Broncos-Cowboys game, which was fantastic as well. Mile High was really cool. We go to a college town on Sunday. We go to Boulder and have lunch and kind of, you know, drive around the campus and see their – like, Boulder's awesome, by the way. I I sit there in Boulder, Teddy, and I said, it is an absolute shame that a cool college town like this absolutely goes to waste because Colorado sucks at football. Yeah, it is. It's tough, but you know what? Ah, I'm not too worried about it. We don't play them anymore anyways. My question to you is this. Are you the holder of a very expensive um, over eight and a half, or what was the number? So, no. What I bet on – Oh, did, more I did, games than USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, – and I think Blaine sent that in uh, a few weeks ago. There's a bet on the Barstool Sportsbook. It's just a straight-across bet. I think OU's like minus 110 on this, which is pretty good odds, actually. Who will win more games this year, OU or USC? That is the bet. And when I initially saw that, I said, that's the dumbest bet of all time. Like, yeah. of course it's. The problem is is that you can't use the Barstool, or excuse me, the, um, the, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook in Oklahoma because we're lame and sports gambling is not legal yet. Right. You can access it in Colorado. So the last thing that we did is, and, and tell me how brilliant I am for this. Mm. I wanted to just lay across a $500 bet. I don't really yeah. have $500 just to throw down on a bet, even though it's almost guaranteed to hit. So 
all these little gambling services, they have these things of where, all right, if you get someone new to sign up, yeah, whatever they bet, we'll give them a free bet. Like, we'll reimburse that to bet on, and we'll give you the same amount. So we bet 50 bucks, right? I, I sent my wife on her 50 phone. 50 bucks? Just listen. Listen for a second, please. Okay. Just listen. So I send her the link to join. She's on. She um, deposits 50 in her account. She places a $50 wager. Right. So instantly, she gets another $50, and I get $50 of free money, free bet. Okay. We take both $50 and place the same exact bet, all right? So we have three $50 bets on OU over USC. Right. And then? And it only costs you $50, right? Only costs 50 I got a $150 bet right now for 50 bucks, And then? We're like three miles away from the border of Colorado. Mm-hmm. She says, oh, wait, what's this? I just got an email saying I also get eight free $25 bets as well. I pulled over on the side of the road, can see the you're leaving colorful Colorado sign, and I make eight more $25 bets that OU will have more wins than USC this year. So for just $50... Jeez. We have a $350 bet on OU to win more games than, than SC this year. Well, I was confused uh, previously as to why DraftKings stock is tanking, but now I know. <laughs> They're giving away free bets like oh, hotcakes. buddy. Am I excited about it? Man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and now December's going to be uh, it's gonna be nice. Nice to get some extra cash in December when that one cashes. I mean, can you cash that ticket after, you know, they lose their first, you know, four games or something and it's already going to be a guaranteed win? No, that's that's a, that's a nice bet by you. Nice bet. I think that one's going to pay off um, despite what the folks on that podcast may say about the University of Oklahoma, I feel pretty good about where the football team is right now in training camp. Well, I, I would hope so after what you said Thursday that sent the entire internet into... I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. I, are you, yeah, no, you're right. All you said was they have a true freshman that nobody can block, an offensive line that's the best position group on the team, Okay. Two freshman wide receivers that, is that Randy Moss or Nick Anderson? I can't really tell. <laughs> and a quarterback that's pretty good as well. Well, there's, okay, I said all of those things, but those are not outlandish. Those are true. So what's wrong with that? I, there's nothing wrong with it. I loved every second of that, that, that past Thursday. It was, it was amazing. It's just, it's got everyone really, really going right now. To keep it radio safe. It's got got everyone really going. Yeah, well, that's good. And I guess we got a little bit more news out of training camp today. <sighs> yeah, well, the bad news is that TD Roof is out for the year. That stinks, man. Yeah. That stinks. I hated that. Hated it for him. I uh, was able to talk to him about it last Thursday uh, whenever I was out there and was frustrated whenever I saw him walking up in the sling, but... He's had the surgery. Surgery went well. So, can he come back for another year or is he is he done? He's probably going to be done. Okay. I told him to brace that sucker up like Ray Lewis. Let's go. Seriously. You're come gonna, on. You, gotta, you might need him at some point. This, this is year. it. This is the last go round. You might as well just lock that sucker down and see what you can do. 
Uh, good news, Jalen Redmond back out on the field, out and dressed. Right. Which, that's another guy that you said last week, like, um, we are worried about him being consistent on a daily basis and turning it on, and that has happened. Well, so, that's what I was told, okay? Um, so, but at the same time, part of me is like, yo, all right. I, I like what I'm hearing, but then it's the other part is, well, he's not out here. So, you know, it, is it is it the same? Are we are we going through the same process again? Um, I'll take their word for it on, on it right now. He if if he is locked in, in shape, engaged, ready to try and put the the best year together that he's ever had, then I expect big things. But you know, and this is nothing against him. It's just how it goes. As of right now, I'm looking at the past as a way to predict what happens that's, this season. That's very fair. And I hope I'm wrong. He can change. He's He is definitely allowed to change that narrative exactly early on in right. the year. But, yes, I think that that's a fair way to approach it. Uh, surprise, surprise. Billy Bowman just continues to impress. Britt Venable said today, quote, uh, he may be playing better than anybody on defense if I had to single one person out, end quote. Huh. How about that? Um, that's impressive. He is, you know, from from what I've seen whenever I was out there, he is a guy that uh, seemed to be in the right place, seemed to be a guy that was making the adjustments properly. Uh, I don't remember hearing his name screamed over the loudspeaker by the head football coach like I did everyone else. So that's a pretty good indicator that <laughs> if you don't hear their names while <laughs> yeah. you're out there, who really impressed? Well, let me go down the roster and yeah, who I didn't hear about. Yeah, all you that's gotta, it. All you gotta do is have your voice memo uh, recorder on, and you'll you'll know exactly what's going on from seven blocks away over the microphone. But um, that's good to hear. I think he is is primed for a really good season. You've heard me say it over and over. The experience that he got last year at multiple positions. While brutal as a true freshman, being um, thrown into that fire because of injury and and other things, it it got him some really valuable experience that I think he's going to carry forward this year and should have a really good year, man. I'm hoping he does. I there's a there's a good chance that we could uh, we could end up being really good at at DB, really good, um, competitive at corner right now. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, good ability at safety, and I think you know, not just our starters and the the guys that's looking like right now is uh, the Lawrence kid and Bauman, but uh, there's some young safeties out there that are competing. So um, I would give those other guys the edge, but it there's there's some good depth back there and there's some good size back there. And whenever you throw Justin Harrington into the mix right now, the way that he's looked so far, impressive. Uh, a couple more nuggets before we get to Bob Stoops' next segment. Uh, thanks to Lee Benson for tweeting this out so I could read it directly off Twitter. That makes it a whole lot easier. Okay. Britt Vittable says that redshirt junior running back Marcus Major is, quote, having his best couple of weeks since we've been here. Well, there you go. Mm, someone it, doesn't seem too excited about no, that's uh, the not positive true. talk about Marcus Major. I was trying to figure out who Lee Benson is. Interesting. He uh, works at News 9. Okay. Um, 
no, I hey, that's that's what I want to hear. Venables has continued to pound the drum, the Marcus Major drum. Uh, he's talked him up a lot. We almost every availability we've had, and people have been asking questions. Seems like Marcus Major's name has come up. Big, thick, physical, downhill runner. Um, I I do. I do feel like he's a bit limited as an all-around back, but that's fine. I mean, that's what I, I'll just take the role in him being a yeah, thumper. I, that's exactly. I'm totally okay with exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, and I think whenever you, if you listen to what Demarco Murray and and everyone else on staff has said about Gray, and you take that. You take that to heart. You take that as gospel. Eric Gray's the guy. He's your all-around back. He's the superstar of the room. Now, you you expand out from there, and you start looking at Marcus Major. You start looking at the Tawi Walker kid, and uh, maybe Barnes and Salchuk mixing it in. Like I feel like you got Gray at one, Major at two. And then any mix of those other three guys at the number three spot, that's a pretty good depth there at running back. Yeah, last one. Um, I, I guess there's an interesting development at the tackle position for OU. Brent Venable says they've got four guys, yeah. no question right now. Uh, of course, you've got Wanye Morris and Tyler Guyton. You also have two freshmen, Jake Taylor and freshman Jacob Sexton. Now, hang on. Read the whole thing. Interesting development at the tackle position for the Sooners. Well, hang on. Who who said this? I already told you who said this. This if is you pay Lee attention, Benson again? Yes. I'm trying to get this through. Hurry up so we can get to Bob, and you're delaying our time here. Interesting development at the tackle position for the Sooners. Brent Venable says they've got four guys, no question right now. Two of them are freshman Jake Taylor and freshman Jacob Sexton. We like where they're at right now. The other two are Wanye Morris and Tyler Guyton. Well. That must be left tackle. What happened to the starting left tackle, uh, Anton Harrison? Uh, It must just be at one of the tackle spots. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's why I was so confused. I I I knew why you were confused. That's interesting. I don't know what to take from that. Um I feel like I still think uh, Harrison, Metallier, Rame, Murray, or Savion Bird, and then at right, Wanye Morris. But I agree that the freshmen look good. Yeah, better well, than expected. Leave it to Teddy for his preseason depth chart that he has to have an or in there on the offensive line. <laughs> Just like Mule Shoe. Uh, that is f- something funny that we haven't talked about. I wonder how many oars we're going to no, get. No, I have talked about it with Parker. We haven't talked about Oh, trust me. We have discussed it. All right. Well, that's going to be funny. I wonder if I was Venables, I'd just – I'd oar the whole thing as a troll. <laughs> right? All right. Let's hit a quick timeout. we got Coach Stoops coming up next. Hit us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439.
It is the rush on the ref right here on the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's our favorite segment of the week. We get to talk to Coach Bob Stoops brought to you by Modelo. Teddy, I saw a forecast today where this could be the last 100-degree day for the foreseeable future. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Mm. But I saw that and I said, whoa, some low 90s, maybe some 80s are even mixed in. I don't think the heat bothers Bob all that too much when it comes to golf, but maybe, Bob, some nicer golf weather is in the forecast for you uh, coming up here for the next few weeks. Yeah, I'll be able to stay out a little bit longer in the afternoon, so that'll be good. But, uh, no, I love it for the players, too, though. It's I always remember it like the last week before school starts or that week school starts. Things start to break a little bit usually on the field. I've always been aware of that, you know, and 5, 10 degrees, you go to 90 as opposed to 100 makes a big difference. No doubt about it, especially under those pads. Uh, have you had a chance to go out and uh, and see the team so far in training camp? I have. Um, I got, uh, I was there, I missed you, Teddy, but I was there Saturday for the scrimmage and uh, saw some of the other guys. And I uh, thought both sides had their moments and looked good. I, I love the intensity, the way they're moving around, though. And uh, so I, I, I think it looks good. I think they're on a good path. We're getting closer to the midway point of training camp. And I, I realize that not all years are, are similar. But when you're around the halfway point of training camp, can you normally get a pretty good idea of how good your team is going to be? Or, or do you got to wait until September to really find out that answer? No, you you got a good idea. The, you know you know the guys that that have played a lot of football for you, and what you can count on with them. And then usually by spring and you know maybe ten, twelve practices now in in the summer, you know you you've built some depth and you know certain other guys you feel good about that are going to make an impact. So you start to get a good idea at this point. Coach Venables had a media availability earlier and he was you know talking about some of the different guys out there and and a couple of the guys that he mentioned have you know kind of been the talk of camp have have played really well a couple of true freshman offensive tackles and I, I think it's awesome number one that you can get some guys you know fresh out of high school playing at that type of a level but it got me thinking as a head coach are there ever are there certain positions where you get a little bit worried about true freshmen. I mean, like even in practice, they're looking good, but are there positions where you get worried with the no experience throwing them out there in the fire as starters? I don't think so anymore. These, uh, these young players out of high school and these freshmen anymore are, are so well-trained in the offseason. They're lifting, they're running, all of that. And, uh, that I and then usually I'm, I'm assuming I'm, these guys were here in the spring as well, so they got a lot of football under their belt by now. So I don't, I don't really think that's a big deal. If they can play, they can play, and uh, and I think in today's world, more and more of these young players out of high school are ready to play, which we're seeing year in and year out. So, and uh, fortunately, it sounds like we have a few like that. Coach Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Modelo. 
Don't forget, pick up some of that rock and roll tequila as well. We'll be at uh, Yo Pablo for all of our post-game shows this year for home games. Nice. I know they serve rock and roll tequila in there. And I always see Maddie McMillan in there, which is always quite interesting as well. I always tend to see Maddie in there. Hey, uh, Coach, they were working out, I think, four different guys at punt return today at practice. You clearly had some some elite, some really great punt returners during your time at OU. Is there a certain characteristic that, that makes a great punt returner? Like, How do you kind of differ like what, what the great ones look like and what they're about? I think as much as anything, number one, a guy that will field the ball. A guy mm-hmm. that can get to a poor kick, not let it bounce and gain another 20 yards. Uh, a guy that's willing to go get it and catch it. Let's face it, you're, you're, you're very limited on the number of returns you're going to get all year, but if if you can field them all and limit that ball hitting and rolling, you're going to save yourself a few hundred yards right there. Get to the ball, field it cleanly. That's number one. Yeah, that's it's it's crucial, and that's a lost yardage that you know kind of gets skipped over. Doesn't show up in the uh, the box score whenever you have a guy reading it off the foot, bad weather, whatever it might be, and going up there and catching it on the fly before it bounces out. Yeah, that can be that can be absolutely critical. Um, you know, Dylan Gabriel is is running this offense, and everyone knows he's got the the history there, and he's he's been in this system before with Jeff Levy down there at Central Florida. A lot of the talk is kind of centered around backup quarterback, which you know you got to feel like you're in a pretty good spot whenever you're concerned about the backup quarterback uh, a race and and who's kind of jockeying for position there. But just as a, as a head coach. How important is that, and like how much attention does that really – I guess what I'm saying is critical reps, especially as you get closer to the season between a, a, a number two and a number three trying to battle it out there, is that something that you fret too much about as a, as a head coach? Hopefully not. If you're worried about that, you're, <laughs> you're thinking your number one guy is going to get hurt. So, to me, I always – I felt great about my number one guy. That's all I was concerned about and make sure we're smart with them and, and keep them healthy, get the ball out. Don't, don't put them in, you know, put them in jeopardy a whole lot and make sure he's smart and knows when to get rid of it. So, and, and, uh, no, I don't, I never, I mean, you, you want depth and you want to build those second and third team guys. Sure. But, uh, I don't know. I, I never lost a lot of sleep about it. If I, I lost a lot more sleep about it if I didn't like my number one guy. Well, so. <laughs> you had some amazing number ones, and that's what that's I was going to ask you. I, the string of quarterbacks over the last 20-plus years that Oklahoma has, uh, you, you just it's not even rivaled by anyone else. It. How does that happen? Is there some luck to it? Is it is it the evaluation process? Is it the development process? Is there anything you can put your finger on there? I think it's all of it. And you're right. It is pretty incredible going back to 99 and 2000 with Josh Heupel. And, you know, he's the AP player of the year, runner-up to the Heisman. And then we got that whole slew of guys after that. And um, it's. I think first evaluation, we found the right guys, guys that first we knew could throw the football, and then we're athletic on top of it. Um, and then uh, 
development. I mean, the, the guys that we've had working with these quarterbacks through the years, I think have done an incredible job and an outstanding job. And, and then I think we were always smart as a staff to play, you know, on offense to their strengths, to, to play to their strengths and not, you know, try not to put them, ask them to do things they weren't naturally good at doing, you know? So I think it all fits together and, I think overall, the not myself, but more the offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches have done a really smart job of working with these guys and and uh, putting them in good positions. Eighteen days, and, and, and they've been supported. Uh, o line, running backs. We've had good, you know, good, good, good players around them as well. Receivers. 18 days until kickoff, which means in 18 days, Teddy, you'll be starting your 10th, 11th year on the OU football broadcast. Oh, my gosh. Bob, if I would have told you 20 years ago, hey, Teddy, of all people, is going to be a media <laughs> personality and on uh, the color guy on the OU football broadcast, would you have believed me 20 years ago? <laughs> oh, oh, hell no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I said seven <laughs> words the whole four years I was uh, I was at OU. Yeah. Not, not, not when he was a meathead linebacker back in <laughs> Fortunately, he's grown out of that. He does a great job now, so he's fun to listen to. Well, some would say that I haven't grown out of it, and they may be <laughs> onto something. Coach, we appreciate you. Always awesome whenever you stop by. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Good to be with you. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Uh, good stuff. Meat headlinebacker. <laughs> wow. Now I, I know where it. Coach Venable's got it, you know? He still calls me Meathead. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on next. It is the rush on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Good stuff as always from Coach Stoops. This hour of the rush is brought to you by Cavens Construction. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance, and a whole lot more. We say it all the time because it's true. If you got anything going on with your office, uh, in your home, whatever it may be, give Cavens a call or check them out online, CavensConstruction.com. Cavens number 405-573-3048. You and I'm going to play what drop I'm going to play from now on every time I disagree with you. What? That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was fantastic. That was good. Um, that made my day. Yeah, that was good. We got some good football stuff there. Um, awesome. I was hoping that he'd say when I asked him, like, what characteristics do a good punt returners have? Just be like, I don't know. I mean, when the other team continues to out-punt their coverage and refuses to not uh, kick it away from Antonio Perkins, that helps out a lot. Yeah, yep. Uh, punt safe. The most successful day in punt safe history uh, against UCLA, and what was that? Oh, was that oh three? Oh three. Yep. Um, you know he is right though, and I know it is obviously the most simple explanation, but the guy that can catch the ball in the air always—that is that is so critical to get a good read on it. To get up there and catch it before it hits the ground. How many times do you see the guy go up there and last second ditch? 
ditch it because he can't get the right read on it and is worried about dropping it, and they end up getting 15-yard rollout. Trying to think of uh, OU games that the biggest play in the game was arguably a mishap on a punt return. 0-1 OU Texas. It wasn't the biggest play of the game, but it might have been the second biggest play yeah. of the game when Nathan Vasher down that ball down at the two-yard line or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, last year in Bedlam, there was a pretty big uh, mishap on a punt return. What happened? Was that? It was Eric Gray. Drop that. Right. Yeah. It, the it, It's the most critical part of a football game that never gets talked about Anytime the ball is changing possession, anytime someone is giving you the football, it has to be secured. It, you cannot mess up on those plays. They're, it's a turnover is exactly what it is. And if you go and you botch that, those are game-changing plays. 2010 OU Texas. OU was up by eight, I think, and punting it away to Texas late in the fourth quarter. Texas was going to have a chance to rally and score and take it in OT. They uh, muffed the punt. OU recovered. OU wins. Texas had a 5-7 and seven season. Yeah. Those are the ones that immediately come to mind. There you me. go. There you go. That seems like a pretty uh, nerve-wracking position to be in if you know that you're just going to fear catch it. I-, I guess in the back of oh my, my mind, even though it's been over 20 years, I think of Troy Polamalu when he was at USC. You ever <laughs> see that clip of where he decapitated that guy from Kansas State? I think it was, I think it was K-State. Oh, I thought it was Johnny Knoxville on Jackass. Well, that too. Didn't well, I don't think well, yeah, he would have been there at that time. Uh mm-hmm. Paul Amalu. Someone killed Johnny Knoxville. Can you imagine there's no way you could ever get away with a stunt like that uh in this day and age. Everyone that was in attendance would be sued. But um yeah, catching a punt. Is repunting to Tyreek Hill. Okay, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry. I thought you were going to go to it. I yeah, was, I was, was going to. I was not. And then the the text line said it. So yeah, um, that's the one that, that that goes unmentioned, but everyone knows it's there. Uh, but like tracking a ball in the air, in the night sky, whenever you can, you can just hear the guys like flying down the field, coming to destroy you. Yeah. The, there's a there's a penalty that protects you, but I every week you see guys get absolutely lit up, even though it's a 15 yard penalty, right? I mean, you're protected, but at some point it's still gonna happen. Oh, I I miss uh, this is when you were playing the Halo rule. Oh, he was inside the Halo. That should have been a penalty. How do you not throw a flag on that ref? He was inside the Halo. This imaginary Halo that was it three yards? Is that what I think it was? So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so. I don't feel like that lasted very long. I could be wrong about that. There has to be like a, a catch. Like he doesn't sec- he doesn't have to secure it, but. He's caught it, and you can tell that he's thinking about making a football move, and that's when you can destroy the guy. Uh, nine one eight. It's kind of exciting to talk about special teams. Feel like shoe didn't care about it at all. Right. Santa John says Teddy. When a kicker or punter is told to go to the head coach's office, are they told to bring their playbook too? Doesn't seem like they would need one. Uh, that's a good question. In the National Football League, they would definitely have a playbook. In college, doubtful. The guy Paula Malo decapitated was Aaron Lockett, former Booker T. Washington Hornet. I didn't realize that was Aaron Lockett back in the day. Okay. Wow. 
Uh, Peyton says, uh, did you see the quote from Venable saying, having coached in half of the national championship games in the last 20 years, that's a blueprint to it. Wow. Ten of the last 20, and people think he'll fail. Is that true? 03, 04, 08, and then 15, and then 16, and then 18, and then 19. That's seven. That's seven in the past 20, right? Unless my math is way off somewhere. Hmm. He coached – well, let's just do it this way. It has to go – how, how many did he coach in an OU? 05, 03, 04, and 08. That, that was four, right? I'm not missing any others. At I don't know. You just m- messed those years up. 2000, 03, 04, and 08. Yeah. yeah you said 05 in there, but that's okay. okay. Well, whatever. Okay. Then at Clemson, you had 15, you had 16, won it in 18, played for it in 19. And they weren't in 20 or 21, so that's eight. Right. Eight. Well, eight out of uh, eight out of twenty ain't bad. Uh, I think whenever you get to anytime you go to the second hand and you're counting, you can throw a couple extras in there. I think. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. That I, that's crazy though. Um, someone asking if I heard what Lane Kiffin said about his punter. I did. And I actually had the audio clip. This is how Lane Kiffin. I guess I don't know if he's going to start, but this is how he found his his recent punter. I guess they found their punter at a keg party on campus. Uh, used to he used punt to be a punter somewhere. One. Yeah, that well, is the only that is the only way. <laughs> there is no other scenario that could have happened. If Kiffin says to his players, "Go find us a punter," of course he's found him at a keg party on campus somewhere. Well, um, I'm trying to bring it up. I don't have it pulled up quickly, but that's a where were they ranked in the AP? Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, I don't I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Were, were they for sure in the top 25? No, I thought they were. I, I could Maybe I'm thinking of like the coaches poll because um, I saw some places that had them high and I was like, man, I don't know about that. But um, I was about they to say. They were 21. Okay. Ole Miss was 21. There's, a, there's a, a top 25 AP team that is out looking for a player at – uh, keg parties on campus. Think about that. To be fair, Trey DiCarlo did hop out of a car. But at least he like showed up at the practice field, right, with the intent to right. try to win the starting job. They just found this guy on campus somewhere at a right. keg party. Yeah, which Turk looks like a guy that you would find on campus at a keg party, but that dude is – and you know how I feel about kickers and punters. He's incredible. Yeah, he's awesome. He hit one in the spring game, or not the spring game, but the scrimmage on Saturday that was just – Hadn't landed yet? 70 70 yards in the air and landed on the five-yard line and and came backwards. I mean, we laugh about that. That is like – it's a legitimate – it's a real legitimate weapon for a team that I think is going to be a lot better defensively. One of the the very first tweets that Venable sent as the Sooner head coach – was a response to one of the videos from that Turk had just posted. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what was your uh, shocked level on a scale of 10, 10 being the highest, 
that the Texas Longhorns were not in the AP Top 25 poll yesterday. It, it was shocking, but here's the thing. You have to remember, if that came after the news of the knee injuries. Uh, they finally had a legitimate reason to keep him out. You know what I'm saying? But I, I was still, I was still shocked. You know the the AP. If anyone else involved, always has to put them in there, no matter what it looks like. Um, you know, it's they, but they still had Texas A&M number six, which is I think the highest ever for someone that was didn't finish the previous season ranked yeah, right. Yeah crazy yeah um what's going to be great though is texas is going to beat ul monroe 31 to 21 in week one and the ap is going to say yep yeah, all right they're good we're putting them 15 for this matchup against bama we'll jump from unranked to 15 after one game but um in all seriousness i do smell a little you know some people having a little buyer's remorse on oh, texas really? i i mean after everything that's coming out about their scrimmages and their training camp, boy, some people are really starting to pull the reins back on UT I mean, being back this year. It's not even inside of two weeks before we kick the season off, and there's already people bailing? I get that hunch, yes. What are those – how many people are going to bail whenever Alabama beats them 77-0? to Um – well, there's no shame in losing to Alabama, is what I'm sure that they'll say. Well, I mean, there's no reason to even try in that game. You might get someone hurt. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Cavis Construction, bringing you our number one of the rush on this Tuesday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. A special shout-out and a special thank you to Doug and Norman yeah. for bringing some lunch by today. Doug, uh, that was big time. I, Doug used to be a firefighter, so he said today, he said, well, as a firefighter, so I had to learn how to cook for myself. And That's right. He, and probably cook for a big group of uh, yeah, guys. Yeah, he brought a really nice Italian dish that everyone here at the station enjoyed. Doug, that was big-time stuff, man. Big-time really stuff. Good. That was awesome. Muscacholi? Is that how? Is that what that was? That's what I heard. Muscacholi. Never had it before, but it was really good. Uh, never had it. Never heard of it, but excellent stuff. Uh Doug, as we all know, some of his takes from time to time suck. But, man, that pasta dish. buddy. It's all worth it now, Doug. Uh, Just kidding. Awesome stuff. We appreciate you. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Travis Davidson said, who's the coach that's most likely to find a player at a keg party that's not Lane Kiffin? You know, unfortunately, it might be Nick Saban. (laughs) He finds a guy and he ends up being a – all SEC, all American performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, in the old days, you just happened to find a, an All American that was at a frat house on campus and uh, get him signed up. Nowadays, you don't even have to do it; just you go straight to the NIL transfer. You portal. asked me twenty years ago. The answer is uh, former Iowa State head coach Larry Eustacey. Oh, look at you! If huh? you know who you know, wow. why Larry would have found a player at a uh, keg party. Unbelievable! What? Well, no, hey, you, you're. You're right. You're right. I don't think he was there looking for players back in the day, but, you know, maybe he would have stumbled upon one at some point. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's 
That's a good question. Sean says, question for you guys. Has any kicker at OU gotten better the longer he's been at OU since 2000? It's amazing. They're great as freshmen and get noticeably worse. Well, here's the thing. And I said this same deal about uh, Burkeach, which I like. Um, When you haven't missed, it's really easy – to to keep the 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 trend going, uh, everyone's cheering you. This is easy. This is awesome. All I got to do is kick this ball between those uprights. No big deal. The first hiccup, and you get that first feeling of failure, and you walk back to the sideline and and see the disappointment on everyone's face. Well, guess what happens the next time you line up? Not nearly as confident. It's a it's a mental game. You know, I think that's a that's a big part of it. College football is it's a pressure cooker. You're at you got a 20-year-old kid out there kicking a football in front of 100,000 people on national television. You got an, uh, the other side is bearing down trying to block it. It is it's a mental game. And as soon as there's a a crack in the facade, it becomes difficult to put it all together. That's why the special ones are able to compartmentalize it and you know, just take it one kick at a time to uh, be cringy as, as heck uh, using that statement, but it's it's not it's not that that um, surprising to see guys kind of fall apart mentally. Jimmy in Tulsa says hearing TD Roof is out for the season. That true? Dang. Yes, Jimmy. Unfortunately, it is. Brent Venables confirmed it today. Yeah. Sixty nine percent chance Major is an All American by the end of the season. Peyton says, I could see Brian Kelly at a frat party dressed with puka shells, a sideways hat, and a goatee looking straight out of the early 2000s while trying to fit in with the young kids. Please tell me you had a puka shell necklace back never, in the day. Never. Whatever. You, so Dude, got, you got one at American Eagle Tyler, like the rest of us. You know who you're talking to. Zero. I have never worn a watch a day in my life. I've never worn a necklace, a bracelet, anything. Not one day in my life the only thing is this wedding ring right here well and trust me i was kicking and screaming for the first month the wedding ring you also had one other accessory it's when you uh dyed your soccer number in in the back of your head or or did you get it cut that way my mom cut it it Mm. was horrible awful all right quick time out hour number two the rush coming up next